Paris Saint-Germain, Borussia Dortmund, AC Milan, and Newcastle United have made a group of death in the 2023-24 UEFA Champions League. Even on paper, it's hard to assume that any of the four teams hold absolute advantage in strength over the other three. Welcome back to CGTN Sports Talk. I am your host Li Xiang, and I'm glad to be joined by my colleague Josh here. Great to be back. So. There are eight groups this year. I mm-hmm. think that's the only one I can actually call the group of death because yeah. others, the things are just so clear. I mean, that's it. When I was looking through this as the draw was being made, it felt like every group mm-hmm. has the two that you know are going to go through. Yeah, a solid third place contender who might poach some points, and then like a very small club who probably won't do anything. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, um, Group F is uh, PSG, Newcastle, Dortmund, AC Milan. Yeah. I feel like of those three, Milan are in the weakest position simply by who their squad is at the moment. True. But even then, you see how much they're energized by Christian Pulisic. Mm-hmm. Um, you see what they've been able to do this season so far. I would not be shocked if this is like almost the bogey team, the surprise team. Yeah. Because every team in this in this particular group is in a position where I'd say in transition perhaps mm-hmm. with the sense of PSG's Galacticos era is basically finished yeah. so now they kind of have to prove that they are beyond it Newcastle's first time in the competition for I think ever in the competition I don't I don't recall the last time they there. were there was like 12 years yeah, ago yeah it will have been of, over a decade and then Dortmund being so close to mm-hmm. winning it last time yes they don't have Jude Bellingham but they're still always that like the thing with Dortmund is they are always in that kind of competitive position so for me group f is the one to watch yeah so Dortmund interesting thing because the last time they were in the final they lost to Bayern Munich Mm -hmm. I believe in 2013 or 12 that year after that they have been in this pattern of I have a good player could be Mario Goetze could be uh, Robert Lewandowski Mm -hmm. Erling Haaland Uh, Erling Haaland Bellingham they kept selling their best players. They kept scouting very well. And they only missed the Champions League once in mm-hmm. the past 13 years. That's really rare. Well, that's the, that's the thing with, with Dortmund is they are well known for having this fantastic academy, great mm-hmm. scouts, always working towards getting these great young players who always play this particularly expansive, exciting, attacking football. So even when... Let's say they aren't winning or they're on a bit of a rut. They're still exciting to watch. They still develop uh, fans. The highlights still go around. And that means, on one hand, they always remain in the conversation. On the other hand, they're small, so all their players get poached. So they are in this precarious position where they can constantly compete, but that means they're constantly coming second Mm -hmm. or they're constantly getting out of the group stage not getting too far in the next stage and so on. So they are in this weird circular position. And the nature of this particular group, I've got to be honest, I'm looking at this, I'm thinking to myself, Newcastle are probably in the position to take the top spot. PSG, again, are bigger than the rest, Mm -hmm. but they are in a severely weakened position they have been before. And I'm thinking to myself, it's going to be those two kind of competing for the top. But then if we're thinking about who can sneak in underneath, I would never count out Dortmund. True. So PSG, like you said, I totally agree that they're still better than the other three, Mm -hmm. maybe not by so much. The problem is that, remember, we kept laughing at them for being a group of mercenaries. They have no nature. They have no, like, 
no one to unite them. Now Neymar left, Messi mm-hmm. left earlier than that. Mbappe came back to play. They still have the biggest time bomb. Mm-hmm. Mbappe. Yeah. I mean, now he's like, oh, I'm willing to play another season here. There are rumors he may get an extension. Who can make sure that maybe after the group stage or in the middle of the group stage, he's like, okay, now I want to leave. It's the winter transfer window. I want to go. That can happen very much. Yeah. And that's your best guy. That's very dangerous to me. Well, well, that's it. Luis Enrique has been talking about this team. And I think he's come from an, almost from that same position where he's spoken about it being not necessarily a mercenary team. He's mm-hmm. been more charitable than that. But he's been well aware that there's really much of a direction. It's get the ball to the famous players. We'll move on from there. But when you're in the position that they're in now where the famous players are leaving, you've had a decade yeah. where you've basically developed this, I don't know, this concept of being a mercenary mm-hmm. team. Now you have to put in the real work and do it. And when you say it to about Mbappe, on one hand, he is still this fantastic talent. Yeah. He's still the guy you want to build your team around and on the pitch move the ball towards at all times. But like you say, there's so much drama around it that I would not be shocked if there is this, I wouldn't say concerted effort, but probably this idea of like, well, yes, we have Mbappe up front, but they just got Gonzalo Ramos. Mm -hmm. And perhaps looking at him as like, well, we'll always have him playing in second strike. We'll always have him alongside so that if push comes to shove and Mbappe, like you say, time bomb, if he explodes or what, they'll always have someone else there. So I think this is going to be the year for me, the make or break year for PSG to either keep them as this big money mercenary squad Mm -hmm. or have them become the squad we always thought they could be. That actually got me curious about another question. Like how much motivated PSG today are still like, we need to win the Champions League, Mm. we need to prove that we can do it. Because... They have probably the most famous squad last season, the season before last, that didn't work. Now two of them left. And how committed is their founder still is to the club? Like, I'm willing to pay, I'm willing to spend. Is that really going to be sustainable after this season? That's it. I really don't think so. I feel like, like I say, this is going to be a turning point. And I have a horrible feeling that if it doesn't work out, they'll try and do more of the same, just try and poach big players from everywhere they can. Mm Mm-hmm. But like you say, that's not going to be sustainable. And I also think that based on this group and based on what happens next, Mm -hmm. what happens with Newcastle will probably inform what PSG do because, again, that's another new money team with big Middle Eastern ownership. It's another big team with big uh, Middle Eastern ownership who have just become a real threat in the Premier Premier League for top four, Mm. probably going to start gunning for championships within a year or two first year back in the competition, want to make an impact with Saudi Arabia pouring money into the club. So far, what we've seen is pretty successful. So far, I mean, consider the fact that even in the this position in the first place, one year into it, mm-hmm. if they can go further, and by further, I even mean their number one, PSG number two at the end, I think PSG will have to do a lot of soul searching. The only question is, will they come up with the right answer? Mm. Or maybe the right answer can be, say, they're under the Qatari capital. Mm -hmm. Saudi League is looking for big players. If, say, they want to pull out, I mean, a lot of these players are here. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with making big money. Mm -hmm. But apparently, they don't have enough motivation to win or to compete. Apparently, they want to make more, and there's the Saudi League. Yeah. You already work for the Qatarian capital. Why not for the Saudi League? Well, that's it. The thing which we've kind of mentioned before about Mm -hmm. the Saudi League is 
when we talked about it, it was just after Ronaldo went. Yeah. And it was like, okay, we've seen stuff like this before. We've seen what happened in the Chinese Super League. Mm-hmm. We see every now and then what happens with the MLS. Even within Europe, people think of Turkey Turkey-ish as being league, yeah. the very similar position. But the amount of names that have gone across is, has been building. Yeah. And then recently, I think it was just last week, Roberto Mancini yeah. quit the Italian team to go work. For, million a year, wow. Precisely, which is to say that in the space of a few months, it's gone from being like a, a big money splurge, a bit of a gimmick, to being like they've poured so much into this. Combined with the other stuff, like we mentioned, the LIV mm-hmm. golf, the recent investment in the PFL, there's yeah. so much going on that I'm starting to think that now the Saudi league, it's going to be a threat on the fringes of what UEFA will do. Mm-hmm. And when you are a squad, like you say, with PSG, where not much of a club culture, people want to play for big money, I would not be shocked if Mbappe makes that trip in the transfer window. Oh, yeah, another you know, 700 million a year. Yeah, especially because there was the news um, with Benzema getting injured yeah. a few games ago. Somewhere in the position. Would not be shocked if that's their next per- purchase. So, like, of all the teams who I think are in danger from Saudi Arabia, I think PSG is the top. Mm. So PSG's past 12 seasons have been maybe not an epic failure, but mm. it's not success. Their way of, we poach every big names, we pay, we outbid everyone to get the best players, yeah. that don't work. That's not how Newcastle did it. Because mm-hmm. apparently, maybe they're learning from City or what, because they're doing, they're doing this with a clear idea, like we're rich. But we're not going to outspend everyone. We're not going to spend it blindly. Yeah. We just find the players that is available. We get them. We make progress slow but solid. Yeah, exactly. Because you look at that team, and it's like, well, it's basically the Newcastle team as was. Mm-hmm. But then they're bringing in these big players like Sandro Tonali. Yeah, uh, Eddie Howe was a manager who everyone always said. You know, he's a really good manager, but he's quite low down on the totem pole. British managers don't get much of a look in. All he needs is a a, um, a boardroom to get behind him, a budget to spend, and they've basically done it. Mm-hmm. And again, kind of going back to what we were saying then about PSG learning a lesson yeah. from Newcastle. I feel like Newcastle learned the lesson from PSG. Exactly. Do not do this. Mm-hmm. Don't just come into this league thinking you know what to do and splurge all kinds of money. And even then, it's not uh, Middle Eastern money, but they're probably looking at Chelsea right now mm. and thinking, you know, we could have been in that pit ourselves. Yeah. So I'm looking at this and I'm looking at the players they have with, like, like I say, Sandro Tonali being the new one, but... No, Joel Inton has been there for a very long time. Anthony Gordon just came in from Everton, and he was going to be like this next big thing. There was talk of him going to Chelsea and uh, places like that. Mm-hmm. Alexander Isak came in. He's only 23. He's meant to be like a, the next big thing as well. So you have this team full of these players who are fairly young, fairly motivated, or have been there for a while. And to me, seeing them do so well here is a reflection that big money can work mm-hmm. as long as it's spent with a big brain behind that's it. That's true, and that's what Newcastle has been doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned the, at the beginning that AC Milan probably have the weakest squad. I agree, because mm-hmm. I still don't like the decision of selling tonally to Newcastle. Yeah, exactly. right, exactly. Yeah, But Milan actually had the best record last season in the Champions League. Mm-hmm. They went to the semifinals and lost to Inter Milan, Milan. which is very yeah. surprising. Do you think they still have what they call, it's a very cliche word, the genetics of playing in Europe? Yeah, that's it. Is that a thing? That's it. It's one of those ones where, like, I would like to say so because, you know, I think we discussed it last time Mm -hmm. where AC Milan 
to me feel like a Champions League team. Like yeah. they've always been this like iconic team with that with that kit with the stripes mm-hmm. and everything along those lines. So you do want to say to yourself, yes, this is where they belong. But then you look at the squad they have. They're still playing Olivier Giroud up front. Mm-hmm. Um, when um, Zlatan retired, it yeah. was a really big thing. And he was like 40 when he left. Mm-hmm. Um, you compare the size of their spending to the others. they mm-hmm. And like I say, with having these older players that are coming in, they clearly don't have the conveyor belt that Dortmund does. Mm-hmm. So it feels like they are just lacking every step of the way. I mean, don't get me wrong, I do still really like them. Pulisic, like I mentioned at the start, yeah. he's almost revived that team single-handed. Everyone mm-hmm. loves having him there. Uh, Rafael Liao on the other side, on the left wing, fantastic winger. But then, like, Giroud still being up front. It's just, there's just not very hope for it to count on them. Yeah, exactly. So it's one of those things where I'd love to see them do well. Like, don't get me wrong, if they went, if they managed to upset PSG or mm-hmm. get do the double over Newcastle or something and top of the group, I'd love to see it. And as you mentioned last year, they did really well. Yeah, Could see that happening again. But I could only see that happening again if they were in a different group. In this one, the competition is just quite simply too high. True. So if you have to make a prediction for this group, what will be your rankings of the four teams? So I say PSG probably top of the group. Oh. Because I think what's going to happen is... They'll do the double over Milan because mm. Mbappe's just too fast for that yeah. for that defense. Could see them trading wins and losses with Dortmund, mm. and then with Newcastle. Honestly, if you would have asked me this a week ago, I would have said Newcastle were on top. Mm. But then I saw the Liverpool game this past weekend, yeah. where even against a ten-man team, they started to crumble as soon as they faced pressure. And when you saw what Darwin Nunes could do. I'm thinking to myself, well, Mbappe's right yeah. there. Gonzalo Ramos is right mm-hmm. there. That I could see them applying a bit too much pressure. But then I see Newcastle being second. And then I'm looking at it and I'm thinking to myself, Dortmund probably going to be third. Because even though they did lose uh, Bellingham, yeah. it's still a very good squad. It's still a very young squad. And they always play with this energy. You know, a lot of times, there are times where like a big team, like a Manchester City, for example... They always have a wobble because you you always see the game where they play as if like well we're Manchester City mm-hmm. we are huge we win this we win that and then a smaller team David and Goliath them yeah I can see Dortmund doing that here but that being said I wish Milan would do really well that's true <laughs> I I think I have the same rankings with you but I really want to watch PSG either go to the yeah. Europa League or you know nowhere yeah that's it like. Kind of like the way Barcelona has been recently, yeah. where they've really had their comeuppance. I mm-hmm. would really like to see that happen with PSG. And honestly, it's one of those things where, even though I said they would top the group, imagine if their first game is against Milan. Mm. And it's a very close game, and then they lose 1-0 right at the very end. With the nature of that team, you could see that causing a wobble oh, that turns into a yeah. rift. And if it goes on like that, would not be surprised, like you say, if Mbappe use, uses that no, as his like, walking papers. You guys papers. are not guarding at all. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, yeah, precisely. <laughs> yeah. So for this group, I think it can be a good start. I mean, no matter Newcastle perform well or not, this can be a very good start because City spent seasons to try to find their way in the Champions League. Mm. I mean, they started to dominate the Premier League very long time ago. Yeah. It took them a long time to get used to European competitions, and they were in the group of that several times. Mm-hmm. Barcelona, uh, Bayern Munich, Real Madrid, and they all beat them, but finally 
maybe in ten years、yeah. they made it to the final and won it. Do you like their chances of defending the champion again? Uh, that is a good question because it's one of those things where they are such a big team that you can't count them out.、Mm-hmm. But you consider that after ten years they got the win and it was against Inter Milan, yeah. Who for me were probably the weakest team to ever reach that final. And、Or、it's not, not a big win. Yeah, not. I say when I say ever, I mean recently because it was a squad that was severely weakened,、yeah. and you could see when Lukaku came on, they were expecting him to be. Basically, expecting him to be the Haaland of that、mm-hmm. team, and he just fumbled it. It's why he's、mm-hmm. not there anymore. Yeah, it's why he's gone to Roma. So it's one thing to win it, to get all the way through the tournament, to get to the final. Fair enough. But I look at previous small teams, like like you mentioned Dortmund in that final at Wembley、mm-hmm. against、uh, Bayern Munich. Yeah, the time Spurs got there against Liverpool. There's always that underdog team, but they were all stronger than the Inter team that、exactly. got there. So I. Do think they are probably going to be going to this as one of the favorites?、Mm-hmm. I can't see them retaining. Who is your big favorite then? You know, based on what I've seen so far, I would not be shocked if we get to the finals. And for me, it's going to be Bayern Munich or Arsenal.、Mm, Arsenal, yeah, because、oh, because Arsenal are back in the tournament after quite a while away.、Yeah. I think it's seven, five, six, seven years. It's been、mm-hmm. a long time, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not only were they. Leading the league for so long last year, the changes that have been made this year have made them not just improved, but I feel like the mentality as well. Because Arteta has always been trust the process, trust、True. the process, and for a while that became like a meme. Then last year, what we saw is they have, they can overreach, they can over beat the estimates of what、mm-hmm. they're expecting by trusting the process. Now they know how far they can go, and they're in a group. That has Sevilla, PSV, Eindhoven, and Lens in it. I mean, Eindhoven are a great squad, but they're not Premier League caliber.、No. Lens almost won League One last year, but that's not really saying much. Yeah. And Sevilla, as great as they are in the Europa League, never seem to do so well、mm. in the Champions League. So for me, they're winning this group. And then with that behind them, I wouldn't be shocked if if they go all the way. But that being said, you know, Bayern Munich last year was when. The stuff with Thomas Tuchel, Julian、yeah. Nagelsmann,、uh, the stuff with Sadio Mane, like there was so much drama. This year, I feel like just by bringing in Harry Kane, the whole thing is just flowing as normal. It feels like business as usual,、mm-hmm. and business as usual for Bayern basically means final or semi-final. True. So if they're already bringing in Harry, like Kane looks like he's been part of that squad since day one. Yeah. If they're already firing on full cylinders, I think they're going to be. Uh, the team to beat. That's true. Maybe this is the Bundesliga powerhouse. What is the word like? Highlighting again? No,、uh, rejuvenation. Yeah, re- yeah, yeah, definitely rejuvenation. Based、mm. on what I saw last year to compared to this year, that's exactly it. I think. Yeah, and that's all for today. Thank you for listening. Hopefully, we'll be hearing from you guys very soon next week. See ya. Speak to you then. Bye bye. Thank you, sir.、Uh...